and we recognize what he has done for us, we're bringing our soul into remembrance. We're renewing our minds according to him and not according to what we want to do or how we want to do it. I guarantee you after last week's sermon, if you've been in that word and if you began to think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for you, y'all, the thing is we didn't do nothing for him. He done it all for us. And the greatest thing about that was when all of us in this room was in our mess, when we did some things that we don't even want people to know that we done. Y'all know what we do. We got skeletons in the closet. Matter of fact, being saved, you still got some. But that's why God give you teachers and he give you people to help bring that stuff out that's keeping you from getting what God has already provided for you. So I'm just so gracious. I don't know about you, but I'm so gracious that God chose me. He chose me. I didn't choose myself. Come on. He chose us when we were in our mess. That's when Jesus gave up himself. He didn't wait for us to get it right. Come on. Who does you like that? Come on. Even in a marriage, that male or that female, that man or woman is they're waiting on one or the other to say, I'm sorry. Or they're waiting on him to do this or do that to give you what you want in order for you to do what you need to do. But thank God for Jesus. He didn't wait on none of that. He just laid it down. And the thing was, nobody made him do it. And y'all, that's where we have to be. Nobody should not make you praise God. You should want to praise God. Because the more you get into the word and know about his goodness and how his goodness is what led to repentance, it was no good that you have done. You wasn't even in a place to do anything to make it right. That's why God come down off of his throne to save us. Isn't that awesome? And I believe when we really get this deep, deep down on the inside of us, then we will, we will see more praise coming out of us. So I honor God on this morning. Father, I honor you. And I glorify you in this place. And Father, I humbly submit myself unto you. And I thank you for my teacher and my helper, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I welcome you in this place. Do what you need to do in the midst of these people. Holy Spirit, I thank you for reminding me everything that the word has spoken unto me. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives on the inside of me. And now, Father, I come against every principality, every spirit of wickedness in high places, every spirit of darkness. Father God, I come against them right now in the name of Jesus. And I speak, Father God, that we have been loose, God, from bondage. We have been loose, God, from sin because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And God, we thank you for that on this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not going to ask you to hold up your Bibles, but I am going to ask you to open your Bible. Amen. Amen. 
I will be coming out of 2 Corinthians 5, 7, and I know all of us is very familiar with that verse, and we have heard that verse, we have read that verse, but we're going to see what you have been doing with that verse. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. Hallelujah. The word of God reads, for we walk by faith and not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. You may be seated. I want to talk about living by faith. Living by faith. And this is what Paul was talking about, living by faith. And I want to share this with you. And sometimes we'll hear things over and over and over and over again. And sometimes we get tired of hearing it. Have you ever been before a parent and that parent just steady repeat, 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 repeat. And we're like, come on now. You done said that I don't know how many times. But they repeat it because they said you don't have it yet. I wouldn't have to keep repeating myself if you would do just what you have heard, right? So that's how it is with the word of God. I was hearing this um, true story about this this man of God. He uh, was at a church and he was preaching there for years. And as he was preaching there for a whole year, he preached the same thing. So the board had called this man in and they said, you know, we believe it's about time for you to retire. We believe that you're just getting tired. And he said, no, I'm I'm not tired. They said, well, we believe that maybe you may be going into the early stage of Alzheimer's. And he said, no, they said, but we got a problem. The problem is you preaching the same thing over and over and over again. You've been doing it for a year. He said, the problem is you ain't got it. So that's why I keep preaching it over and over and over again. And I'm telling y'all, my baby in in my womb is leaping. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when you have a pastor who's after the heart of God, that pastor is supposed to know the state of his flock. And that way, when that pastor see that his flock is not in the place that they need to be, this is why the shepherd watched the sheep. You cannot have a pastor coming before you that don't know their sheep, that don't know about the wanderers. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't know about the ones that's getting ready to scat or getting ready to wander off into a place that they shouldn't be wandering off in. And as you're watching the state of your flock, the Holy Spirit will begin to minister to you about what the flock need. So God is bringing in this house on today, living by faith. First of all, if you are a born-again believer and you have a surety that you are born again, that means born from above, not born from this earth. The problem with the church today is we're trying to live in two realms. We're trying to live in the natural realm and we're trying to live in the supernatural realm. You cannot live in two realms. Now, understand that we are in this world. Everybody is in this world. Everybody know what this world is going through. We see the chaos everywhere, right? But we're in the world, but we don't supposed to do like the world does. That allows the world to see what realm we're from. They'll look at us like, y'all crazy. The things that y'all do, it just ain't right. It's just, it's, it's, it's just not right. You, you, need to, you need to come and do what we're doing because what you're doing is not going to work. 
But when you know that you're born of God, the Bible says that you're supposed to set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. And I have noticed that the enemy is bringing so much before us to keep our minds off of where we're from. See, we're kingdom people. And if we're kingdom people, we're supposed to be representing the kingdom. Now, when Jesus um, come down to earth, we know that he was saying, repent, have a change of mind, have a change of heart. He was saying, turn away from what you believe and turn to the kingdom. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That means that the kingdom is near you. I don't know about you, but when I go into a place, I want to expect change. Why? Because I'm bringing the kingdom in that place and that place supposed to be different. It does not supposed to be the same. You have to understand that you are carriers of the kingdom. The kingdom is on the inside of you. And I hear the spirit of the Lord say, I want the kingdom to be released through you so people would know no matter what's going on down here, I got you. And this is what we supposed to be doing here on earth. We don't supposed to be talking about this is happening or that is happening. We supposed to get into the word of God and know what the word of God is saying and begin to speak forth what's supposed to happen. Amen. But when we join in to what the world is saying, then we're no different from them, even though we're born again. The Bible tells us to pray. For those that are in authority. Why? So we can live a peaceful life. And that's what we supposed to do. We supposed to be different from them. So God is talking about living by faith. We walk by faith. That walk means that we live by faith. Now that you're born again, you're supposed to be living in the unseen realm. You're supposed to have belief for what is not yet seen. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is the substance. That means the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. That means being that I'm living in the unseen realm, it means that I don't have to go on what's happening in the natural. I'm looking at the unseen and I'm bringing the unseen in the natural and that way they know where I'm from. I always tell y'all about Mark and Mindy and Mark and Mindy is coming up again. How many watch Mark and Mindy? I tell you, that was a good show. I mean, you know, when we couldn't get the cable or anything, we can depend on Mark and Mindy and the Clampets and Barney Five and all of them. Y'all, all of that stuff seemed like it's obsolete now. But every now and then, you got to go back to that old stuff. And you got to look at where God bought you from, right? But some people are still looking at it. But when you look at different things, God will begin to give you revelation. And what I got the revelation on dealing with Mark he came down to earth and he was from another planet and where he was from it was so much engrafted in him that even when Mindy tried to bring change to Mark Mark went right back to where he was even though he was on earth oh I'm going somewhere and this is how we supposed to be being the people of God no matter where you are who you around they don't change you 
They don't move you because you know what you believe and you're not going to be turned around by what they say, what they do or how they do it. You're not going to be changed. You're not going to be moving. This is what happened with Mark. Even though Mindy was showing him that new way of living, Mark could not adapt to that new way of living. I believe Mark slept in that egg, didn't he? He couldn't even sleep in a normal bed. He wasn't comfortable. Come on, y'all. He was all scrunched up in there. But that was his manner of living, his way of living. So when we're living by faith, we got to live based on the promises of God. And everybody know God's promises that in the natural, it's like, for real, God? You want me to do that? For real? That shows that you haven't really tapped in to who you are now that you're in Christ. The first thing that we got to understand, in order for us to live by faith, the first thing is we got to be born-again believers. And when you are born again, born from above and not born from this earth, God gives you his kind of faith. He's so good. He knew that natural faith would say, and I'm going to give you an example today, If you're sitting in a chair, you come in here, you see that chair. You sit down in that chair. That's natural faith. You're going on what you see, right? Supernatural faith means I don't need a chair to sit in to know the chair is there. So I'm just going to sit down. Somebody would say, oh, you're an idiot. There's no chair there. You sit down. You're going to hurt yourself. But you're going on what God says. You're not going on actually what's in the natural. Though it's not there does not mean that it's not there. It's already mine. So we have to really trust in God and trust in his promises in order to operate in God's kind of faith. So I'm going to give you an example this morning. I'm going to show you how we're supposed to be trusting in God. And I want to use two individuals, Kim Costin and Jamie Costin. I need for you to come up here for me. Wait one second. First thing I want to do, Jamie, I'm going to give you some instructions, but I'm going to blindfold your wife. Okay. And I want to do that first. Um, Jamie, I want you to blindfold your wife for me. one thing a man learned not to do is mess up a woman's hair. I believe that's what's taking him so long, making sure he don't mess up that hair. Uh-huh. Okay, Jamie, you're going to need a mic. Okay, this is going to be a good illustration, and I want y'all to pay attention. And we're talking about trusting God, amen? Now, we know that Jamie is Kim's husband, so we know that Kim's supposed to trust her husband. Is that not right? So we're going to see just how much trust Kim have in this man, okay? Kim, I need, well, come here, baby. You can't come down here, not unless I tell you. Okay, just turn around, and I want you to listen to your husband. Is your mic on? Okay. 
One minute, Jamie. Is it, you got it on? It's on. Hallelujah. Okay, Kim. I need you to take your left foot. Okay, take it to your left. Step over to your left one step. Okay. Take three steps forward. One, two, three, stop. Okay. Turn to your left, but take three steps to your left. Okay. Turn back around. Okay. Take three more steps. Come to me. One, two, three, stop. Okay. Take your right leg and take it over to your side. Okay. Three times. To take your right leg and step over three times to your right. That's your left leg. There you go. <clears throat> take your right leg. Okay, so let's do it together. One, step over to your right sideways three times. One, two, three. Very good. You're a good listener. Now take three more. Come to me. Three straight ahead. Okay. There you go. One, two, three. Okay. All right, stop right there. Now take three more steps. Use your left left leg and step three to the left. One, two, three. Very good. You're doing awesome. Now take three more steps forward. Come to me. Three, three ahead. One, two, three. Very good. Now take, take three steps to your right. Go to your right, your right leg. One, two, three. Three. Very good. Awesome. Now take three more. Come to me. One. Okay, stop right there. Very good. You're a good listener. I like that. Take three more steps. Come to me. One, two, three. Awesome. Now spin around one time. Just one time. Very good. Now take your left leg. <laughs> you good. Take three steps to the left. One, two, three. Okay, take three more. Uh-huh. One, two, three. Very good. Now, you're going to be walking straight again. Give me three more steps. Straight ahead. One, two, three. Very good. Now, take your um, right leg and step over one more time. There you go. Turn to your right just a little bit. Let's get, there you go. Now, you're back online. Now, give me three more steps straight. Three ahead. One, two, three. Awesome doing an awesome job now give me let's speed it up a little bit let's make this interesting hallelujah give me three more straight ahead one two three good now hey, that's enough jamie turn around kim tell her jamie turn around to your right keep turning okay right there now take off your blindfold Okay, no. Let me tell you something. Do you see when she got right there, she was a little hesitant. But she still listened to Jamie. That's how faith worked with God. When God speak, we don't know exactly what the outcome is going to be. But we're obedient and we're hearkening unto his voice, trusting him enough, knowing that he's going to take us to the end. 
So I'm going to ask you a question. Why is that so easy with man? She's familiar with his voice. She come to know him. So by her coming to know him, she trusts him, right? Let's say that they don't have that communication. They don't talk. They don't come together. And all of a sudden, Jimmy say, baby, I'm going to blindfold you. And I just want you to eat. Oh, no, you ain't. Not up in this house. You can forget that. You need to go somewhere and sit down because you ain't going to help me with nothing. You ain't never helped me. You ain't going to help me today. Just get out of my face. Don't even try that mess with me. It's too late. So this is what I'm saying. Hand me that, Kim. This is what I'm saying. Thank you, Jamie. In order for us to live by faith, we have to trust him. We have to be able to hear his voice. And whatever he tell us to do, we have to do it without questioning him. You see how Jamie say, you're doing good. You're doing good. You're a good listener. And that's what we have to do in order to live by faith. But God is telling me that at times we say we trust him. But when things get hard in our lives, we fall back. Because we want to say, I I need to know, Father, what's going to happen before I step out of the boat, right? That's just like Peter. When when, um, Jesus told Peter to, you know, launch out just a little bit. He did that. And Jesus began to teach him. See, sometimes you'll stay in that shallow water, the water that you can actually walk in for a little bit, for, for a while. But after he know that you truly have latched on, he said, now I want you to launch out in the deep. Because I know if anything happened, you can swim. Why? Because you trust in me more than you trust in yourself. He's saying today that some of us are launching out into things and we don't even know him the way we need to know him. And then we get upset when we don't get what we think that we already have. But God said, you don't even know me. You don't even recognize my voice. So why are you trying to go ahead of me? We cannot go ahead of God. The first thing is once we're born again, people get born again and they're so excited because they say, oh, I don't miss hell. And they live any kind of way, do what they always have done and saying, you know, oh, I'm saved. The, the thing is, you don't have to tell nobody you saved because some people say saved from what? Because they're looking at your lifestyle and your lifestyle have not changed. They're knowing you're supposed to be different from me. You don't supposed to be doing what I'm doing and acting the way I'm acting and saying the things that I say. Your language supposed to be different, supposed to be. So in order to live by faith, this is why Paul says we walk by faith and not by sight. I don't know about you. I know about me. Everything he says. I believe it and I want it and I already have it. But in order to obtain it, I have to be in connection with him and his word. So when we look at the Bible, say now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. This is how we live by faith. You're telling people what you believe in God for. And if you're speaking that thing, Paul said this, he said he only speak what he believed. Now, why do we have so many people speaking stuff and you really don't believe it? See, some people speak it because they heard somebody else say it. And they said, if they're saying it and they're getting it, then I'm going to speak it and I'm going to get it. It don't work like that. Paul said, whatever I speak is what I believe. Now, you got to understand in order to believe something that God has already done, 
You have to have time in this word to receive it. That's just like if somebody gave me a gift. And I took that gift and I set it on the table and I left. I didn't actually receive that gift. Because if I really received it, I would have took it with me. That means I would have made it a part of me. The problem in the body of Christ, the Bible says, this is how your faith come. The Bible says, now uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That means you got to hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and hear. And you can't just stop at hearing. I want to back up a little bit because in 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says that we don't look at the seen. We look at the unseen. Why? Because the seen is temporal. The unseen is eternal. That means it's everlasting. See, things that are seen, they're not going to last, y'all. Because the Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word shall what? Stand. That means that it's going to remain forever. The flowers wither, the grass fadeth, but the word of God, what? Endureth forever. So what we can have a surety of is his word. So that's why we have to have faith in him, not in ourselves. If God said it, y'all know the scripture. God is not man that he should lie. Did y'all get it? God is not man that he should lie why man will promise you a lot of things and the reason why we believe man so much is because that's who we spend time with and i'm going to the jobs on the jobs we start out with the job they give us a package they tell us how much they're going to give us do y'all know we believe that right on the spot we trust that. They tell us when they're going to pay us. They tell us about 401k. They tell us about the insurance. They tell us all of this stuff. And some of us don't even read the benefit package. We just go on what they said. Is that not true? But then when man fail us, then that's when we say, you know, I'm not going to put my trust no more in man. The next job I get, this is what I know I have to do. I have to make sure that everything that he's saying is lining up with what these benefits say. So we trust man for our daily needs. The scripture said that God is the one that loads us with daily benefits. But we take the scripture out of content and we look for man to load us with daily benefits. We look for man to give us something that man cannot continually give us because it's going to pass away. It's temporal. But everything God gives us is eternal. That means it's from everlasting to everlasting to everlasting and no matter how you mess up, guess what? The promise is still yours. Is that not a mighty God that we serve? Because he said, God is God. God is not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. That repent means I'm not changing my mind because you acting a fool or you cutting a fool. I'm not changing my mind because you sin. I'm not changing my mind because you ain't listening to what I'm saying unto you. God is going to remain faithful even when we're not faithful because that is his name. God is faithful. So he said, I'm not man that I should lie, neither the son of man that I should repent. Have I not said it? Let's stop right there. I'm going to ask you, have God told you something? Have God promised you something? He said, have I not said it? Come on, God has said it. Shall I not? Have I not? 
and shall I not make it good? Come on, because God said, my word ain't coming back void. It's not coming back unto me empty. But he said, my word is going to go out and it's going to accomplish that which I please. And it's going to prosper in the thing that I have sent it to do. So we got to remember that God is not man. So who would not want to have faith in a God who always can? Because he said, all of my promises in him, that mean in Christ Jesus is yes, and in him is amen. So everything that we need, guess what? It is in Christ. That's why in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. So we can't look to us. We have to look to him because everything is in him. This is why when something is going on in your life, you have to look to his word. You have to look at what his word is saying. And you have to go into that word and say, God, I need for this word to speak to me in the midst of my circumstance. God, you already know what I need even before the need was there. And you told me, God, that you shall supply all of my needs according to your riches in glory through Christ Jesus so everything we need y'all have already come through him and the Bible tells us that we're justified by faith justified mean that we have been put in right standing with God we have been made righteousness by faith by the faith that we have in what Jesus have done and then it says that we also have peace with God that means nothing missing oh nothing broken that means I can go before God knowing that everything belonged to me not because of what I done but because of the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary for the remissions of my sins so when I go before the father I have to understand that he don't see me he see his son so I can go before him boasting and bragging and saying God I thank you for your son and because of what your son did already have it so I'm going to give you glory for what I already have and as you begin to decree and declare what the word of God is saying then you will begin to see manifestation when do you see it when you believe it when you receive it see some of us are saying but we haven't actually received it yet So we got to understand that we have peace with God, nothing missing, nothing broken. We have been reconciled unto God through what Jesus have done, not through anything that we will ever do. This is why we talked about in Clem School. We have to be what? Peacemakers. Because when we know the peace of God and what God has done for us, we're supposed to be peacemakers in every situation. But then it goes on to say that we have access to the grace of God. By the faith that has come through Jesus Christ. Do y'all know that because we have accepted him, because we believe on Jesus Christ, we have access to grace. Do y'all know what grace is? The Bible said, for by grace are you saved. Through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God according to Ephesians 2.8. So that means that I obtain grace through having faith and what Jesus done. So everything that God has is already mine. I have access to that because I have faith in what the Lord and Savior have done in my life. And the reason why I'm going through all of this again, because we want to go somewhere to help you to understand that some of us are not living by faith. 
we're living by hope. Well, I'll say this. Some of us are saying, I believe God. I know God can do it. But then when it looks like it's not happening in your life, you know what the first thing we say? It's a question mark there. Well, God, what happened? Ain't nothing happened with God. Something happened with you. Because we'll say, God, I've been believing you. I've been standing on this promise. If you've been believing God, why are you badgering God? Why are you questioning God? Because See, when you believe God, you just go on about your business. I'll give you an illustration. Y'all remember um, the fig tree in Mark the 11th chapter and Jesus was hungry. Y'all know what it means to be hungry. Some of y'all probably hungry right now. But when you got your mind set on him and the word of God, you get filled with him. And you ain't even thinking about them hunger pains anymore. Some of you say, I should have had a V8. Or some of you might say something else. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus was hungry, y'all. And Jesus was um, looking for food. And when he looked, he saw a fig tree afar off. So hoping that there would be figs on that tree because he saw leaves. But when Jesus saw that fig tree and it did not have figs, but it had leaves, Jesus began to curse that fig tree. Why did he curse that fig tree? Because he said, you're not going to fool nobody else from this day forward. Because you are uh, saying something that you're not producing. That fig tree was speaking. I don't know about you. When your body is going through certain things, don't your body speak to you to let you know something is wrong? So that's why we have to be in the word of God. So when these things come up in our lives, we will begin to speak the word of God and we will begin to put things back the way God would have for them to be. So Jesus noticed this fig tree. He spoke to the fig tree. But guess what Jesus did? Jesus took his mind off of being hungry and he went on about his father's business. He knew that what he had spoken was already done. He didn't have to sit there and look at that fig tree and say, now, boys. I want you just to wait right here because I want to show you the power of God. Now, we're going to wait right here, and you're going to see this fig tree die. Jesus didn't say that. How many of us, when we speak the word of God, we sit there and wait for pain to leave? Well, I'm not getting out of this bed. I done spoke. I still have the pain, so I'm going to lay here until it subsides. By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. And the pain seemed like it get intense. Come on, somebody. It just seemed like you can't take it no more. But what did Jesus do? Jesus went on about his father's business. How many of us in this room is about our father's business? Knowing that when we speak the word of God, we're not waiting for something to happen. We already know that it has already happened. So I don't have to sit there and babysit his word because his word is his word. His word is true. So Jesus just left. And how about them old disciples? Now, come on, y'all. Y'all know a disciples are learner of Christ. They are learners. They are followers. Now, they've been following this man, okay? They've been seeing the healing take place. They've been seeing the, the loaves of bread multiplied. So here they come to a tree. And all of a sudden, Peter's going to look at that tree and say, Master, the victory which you curse is dried up at the root. And Jesus is like, duh. But what did Jesus say? Have faith. Oh my goodness. Have faith in God. So Jesus was letting them know the only reason this fig tree is dried up at the roots is because I was having faith in what God has already done. I wasn't looking to me. I was looking to him. And that's what God is telling us. You can't look to yourself. You have to look to him who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Saying, God, 
if you said it, it's already done. I'm not going to look at or, or how I feel. I'm not going to look at what people say. That's your word. So I have to go on your word. So Jesus said that whosoever say unto this mountain. And I'm getting somewhere with that. You know, like I said, we keep speaking, don't we? We speak, we speak, we speak. And as we speak, we're saying, why nothing ain't happening? See, I've been there. How I'm saying, God, I've been speaking, I've been speaking, I've been speaking, and nothing ain't happened. God said, you've been speaking, but you ain't received what you have spoken. See, when you begin to speak a thing, that's just like in salvation. It says that we confess with our mouth and we believe in what? Our heart. And confession is made unto salvation. See, it's a heart thing, y'all. So even though you believe in with your heart, until you confess it, it is nothing. It's not going to de- decree or declare anything. Nothing is going to be established. You can believe all you want in your heart, but until it come out of your mouth and it's decreed, that's when people are going to know actually what you receive. But now we have some people that's faking it to make it they're speaking stuff but it's really not in the heart because God said with your lips and your mouth you praise me but your heart is far from me God said I already know that you're trying to tell people you believe in but you ain't actually believing you just trying to fit in but the ones that's truly believe in the word of God they go on they don't tell everybody about their troubles I learned something the Bible say, not the Bible, but it's a song. Say, tell him all about your. Okay, tell who? Why is it that we telling everybody? Come on, y'all. Let's just be honest. Anything that happened, we got to tell somebody. Why? This is what I have learned when I catch myself sometimes. They say, what can they do? How can they help you? That's when I. Study to be quiet. Because the Holy Spirit reminds me, the one I supposed to trust is him. Because he tells us, if you trust in me with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge me in all your ways, he said, I'm going to be the one to direct your path. Now understand, if you go into somebody and you want them to touch and agree with you, Because the Bible said when two or three come together, he is in the midst of them. But you got to come together. You got to be on the same page. That means you got to be believing the same thing. You got to be saying the same thing. And then the manifestation will come. But why are you going to a sinner to touch and agree with you? And that sinner is not a part of him. That sinner have not received Jesus as his Lord and as his Savior. You got light and darkness. Light and darkness don't mix. The light's supposed to expel the darkness. So why are you agreeing with somebody that's not born again, that don't know him? You're not going to, that, that prayer is just hitting the ceiling. We are agreeing with people, even Christian folks that's not even in the word of God. We're telling them to touch and agree with, the, with us and they don't even know what scripture says. And they're like, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I believe you got it. Got what? You don't even know what the word is saying. So this is why in order to live by faith, our trust has to be totally in him. We always talk about Abraham, right? And there's a reason why we talk about Father Abraham. Because Abraham, he did live by faith. And yes, Abraham did mess up with Hagar, but this is the test of faith here to let us know that Abraham was truly living by faith. How many in this room can truly say they'll wait 25 years for a promise? 
Now, God was doing something in this. God had them to wait that long because he wanted people to know this wasn't man doing, this was my doing. See, they were old. They were, they were just old, y'all. And you know when you get a certain age, you just want to be left alone. Just, just go on over there with your old self. You know what I'm saying? This is what you want to do. Just go on over there with your old self. So Abraham... He had a promise from God. So even though Sarah was old, even though Abraham was old, they still come together. Why? Because they had a promise for God and they knew that that promise was more effective than they were. The Bible said even though Abraham was old and Sarah was barren, she was old in age, he was fully persuaded. He didn't consider his body. He didn't consider Sarah's body, but he was fully persuaded at what God said. God was also able to perform. I want to ask you in this house, how fully persuaded are you? And if you're not fully persuaded, it's not too late because God is going to give you the antidote. He's going to let you know this is what you need to be doing. See, some people is telling you, oh, yeah, walk by faith and not by sight. You can't go on what you see, but it's more to it than just that. Because it's too many people that's saying, God, I believe I'm walking by faith, but I ain't got nothing yet. You got to see it in the super in order to bring it to the natural. If you ain't seeing yourself do something in the super, you're never going to get the natural. I'll give you an example. I remember I went to the skating ring. And I could skate a little bit, y'all. So I'm skating around, and my little nephew, he wanted to skate. And I said, well, I'll just hold his hand and take him around the ring. And I'm holding his hand. I almost got to my destination. Next thing I know, I was on the floor. Ooh, I was hurting so bad. I couldn't even hardly get off the floor. This is the funny thing, y'all. I had some of my peeps with me from Miracle Temple, and they looked at me and did not come help me up. I said, Jesus, you on the main line. You got to help me get off this floor. Glory. So I got off the floor, y'all, and I'm not lying. I couldn't even straighten out my arm. But I said, wait a minute, God. I know what you said. You said, by Jesus Christ, I was already healed. Now, in the natural, my arm was just like this right here, and I could not move it, did not know it was broke or nothing, but the next day was Sunday, and I knew that I had to preach the word of God, and I knew I needed the help of the Holy Spirit to help me, so the first thing I said is, God, you know more about this arm than I know. God, I'm not going to be foolish, but today I'm going to trust you. So I was trusting the Lord. I got home that night, and my daughter didn't know how to wrap her hair, so I was the one helping her wrap her hair, and I told my husband. When y'all heard this story, I said, you got the wrapper hair. I, I, I just can't lift this arm, the wrapper hair. He got so mad. I can't wrap her hair. It keeps falling out. I can't wrap her hair. So I'm getting frustrated. And I'm like, oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. So I'm sitting there in the bed. I got my Bible open. Y'all, the pain was so intense. The pain was so intense, I was taking nothing. Because what I took was the word. I said, now, God, you told me that by your stripes I was healed. Now, you told me if I speak to this mountain, that that mountain's supposed to be moved. And the only way that mountain is not moved is I'm not believing in my heart. Now, I believe, God, because that's what your word says. So I'm looking for manifestation. So as I sat there, the pain was so intense. And my son come into Rome. I'm going to tell you something. The devil will send you some loved ones. My hand was so swole. My son looked down at my hand. Mama! You need to go to the emergency room, mama. I said, boy, get out of here. I'm all right. And all in my mind, oh, Jesus, Jesus, help me, Jesus. 
But I sat there and I said, God, you said. And immediately, y'all, in my mind, I'm meditating. By his stripes, I were healed. I am pain free. Y'all, I saw a visual and I saw myself moving my arm. I saw it in the, in the supernatural first. I saw me just moving my arm, just moving my arm. And God let me know. God was speaking to me. He was letting me know what to do. Next day, I had to preach. I got the video. And I'm going to find the video. My hand looked like an elephant hand. But I was still up there preaching. Still up there decreeing and declaring. Some of y'all say, you crazy. Why don't you just go ahead and get you some Percocet or something set so you can get yourself well. But see, my focus was on if you said it and I have faith in you, I'm going to live by what you said. I know this pain is intention. I'm here to tell y'all. I begin to move my arm. I begin to work my fingers. I begin to do things that I have never done before with that arm that I could not do. Why am I telling you this? Because that's living by faith. But you got to be in a place to hear God for yourself because God know where you are with him. And if you're not in that place with him, you better take Percocet. You better go get it set. You better do what you got to do to make it. I'm telling you. So don't be trying to do what I do or nobody else do if you're not in that relationship like you need to be with the Lord because some people are hear this story and say oh I'm finna put Tylenol down you ain't ready to put Tylenol down you ain't ready to put Motrin down you ain't ready to put nothing down because you ain't in your word so don't be trying to do like Kenneth Hagin and all these great men because if you're not in that word meditating on that word getting illumination from that word and getting understanding from it you cannot jump into something and do it because you are not there yet So this is why when you're going through something in your life and you're living by faith and you're trusting God, you can't call in and everybody. Now, I'm going to say something some people might not agree with. You can't even share it with your husband or wife. Because if they're not in that place where you are, they're going to nag you all night long. Now, what I tell you, I'm tired of you moaning and groaning over there. You getting up and getting out of here, you hear me? So you just give in and say, well, let's go. But this is, you know where you are. And living by faith is trusting in him and not trusting in you. But I want to ask you something. If you've been a Christian for 20 years and you're still doing the same thing and you know it ain't working, why you ain't tried God by now? Why haven't you trusted in God by now? Um, There was this lady um, that I heard about that my sister was telling me about. She's a nurse and she was saying this lady was in so much pain and they gave her the highest pain patch they could ever, no pain pill they could ever give her. And she said, I'm still in pain. So at that moment, they knew it's her mind. So they said, okay, we're going to give you something else. They gave her a, a aspirin. And they come back and they say, how's your pain? I feel good. That's a mind thing. Your mind controls your body. And this is what happened. Anytime man tell you here, this right here work, you believed it right then before you took it. I'm going somewhere. You already re- believed it. You received it. And now you saying, I'm already healed. And you haven't even popped the medicine yet. You start, you tell me, I feel better already. Have you took the medicine? No, I ain't took the medicine, but I feel, why do you feel better? Because they told you it was going to work. And you knew before you took it that it was going to work. That's the unseen. 
That means before you even get into the word of God, you got to know that the word of God has already worked over 2,000 years ago. Before I even open it up, before I read it, before I meditate it on it, God, your word is true. So outside of your word, I can't live outside of your word. I have to live by faith and not by sight. When we look at the woman with the issue of blood, this woman has such an issue that she could not be around people. She had to be secluded from people. But when this woman heard about Jesus, when she heard how people were being healed, delivered, and set free, this woman forgot about herself, Raheem. She didn't look at her no more. She didn't even see her issue, Miss Mary, no more. Only thing she was focused on was getting to Jesus. The Bible said that she kept saying within herself. That means when she heard, she received. Because when you begin to receive a thing, you're going to begin to act upon what you heard. So this woman began to receive. And then she said, if I could just touch, if I could just touch, her focus wasn't on the crowd. Her focus wasn't on her surrounding. She said, but if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know without a shadow of a doubt I shall be made whole. So this woman pressed her way through. I want to ask you something. What's happening to us pressing our way through? See, you got to press through those things that's hindering you, that's stopping you from getting to the promise. Do you think it's going to be that easy to get to what God has already provided? No, because the enemy knows for himself that the word work. So he's going to put everything in your way. So the crowd was in her way. And the garment that he had on, if I can just touch to him, it was down here. So you know that lady had to go low. That means that that lady had to be so humble that she wasn't worried about what people said about her. Only thing she was focusing on is her healing. I'm going to be healed today. Matter of fact, when she touched him, Jesus said, who? Touch me. And, and, the, and his disciples said, Master, they thought he was crazy. All these people pressing up against you and you're going to say, who touched you? Jesus said, I know somebody touched me because the virtue has come out of me. That means that she touched him with faith. She touched him believing that she was going to be healed. And that woman was healed that very same day. Do you know why we don't see immediate healings? Because we ain't meditating enough on what the word is saying. We're going on how we feel. We're going on, you know, what we feel like. But if we keep meditating and meditating on that word, and as we meditate, the more we meditate on the word, it says that we'll begin to observe to do all that's written therein. That's how the healing comes. That's how the deliverance comes. That's how prosperity comes. When we take the word for what it is. Now, some of us probably don't even know that we're living by faith because it has become so normal. It has become so much a part of us. I was asking the Lord, I said, what's wrong with the body of Christ when it comes to what Jesus have already done, when it comes to healing, when it comes to deliverance, prosperity, peace, joy, when it comes to everything that God has provided, why is the body of Christ not receiving it? The thing is, the Bible said you got to hear. And once you hear, you have to do. 
But also the Bible says that when they heard, when the sower came to sow the seed, they heard the word, but they had no understanding of the word. So the enemy came in and snatched that word in Matthew 13. And it also talked about it in Mark 4. So if you hearing the word, but yet have no understanding of the word, the word is going to be snatched from you and it's not going to get planted in your heart. You know, when you put a seed in the ground, you have to take care of that seed. You have to watch over that seed. When you see grass coming in the midst of that seed or what you have planted, you got to pull up that grass. You got to tend to that seed. But first, you got to cultivate that ground. That ground is your heart. If your heart is full of stuff that's not right, that means that ground has become hard. It has become more sensitive to the things of the world than the things of God. So you're going to go in. You're going to begin to cultivate that ground. You're going to make that ground pliable in order to plant that seed. So it's a heart thing, y'all. We have to deal with the matters of the heart. If your heart has been more sensible to looking to man to do it, then that's who you're going to look for. But if your heart has been plowable and you've been in the word of God, you're going to always go to the word and say, God, if you did it, then I know it's already done now. That's going to be your confession of faith. What are you confessing out of the abundance of the heart? The mouth speak. Now, some of us are saying, God's already done it. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I praise you. And then your next confession is, well, Lord, when are you going to do it? That's a double-minded man. The Bible say a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Come on, you can hang around somebody and you following them because you like, they got it going on. Every time I turn around, they got some favor. And then you following them, you saying, well, they got favor, I got favor. So they go in the restaurant and you sitting with them and they're telling you, yeah, the favor of the Lord is upon me. And I know God give me favor. So the waitress come over there and your food ain't right. And you telling the waitress, you know, my food ain't quite right. And she said, um, well, it's nothing that we don't do. You listen here. You're going to give me another plate of food. That ain't the favor of God. Is that the favor of God? So the person looking at you and saying, wait a minute now. You said with one mouth, God give you favor. And then with the next mouth, you telling them what they're going to do. See, the favor of God don't have to tell them nothing. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. When you got favor and something ain't right on your behalf, they're going to come in and they're going to tell you what they're going to do. I remember we was at a restaurant. I ain't going to tell you where we were, but we was at a restaurant and we saw a critter. Anyway, we sitting there. Look, we could have hollered out and say, you know what it was. We did not. We hold, we held our peace. And God fought our battle. Because what we did when the waitress came, I nicely said in a low voice what I saw. The waitress said, I'm so sorry about that. I said, okay, we just wanted, you know, you to know. Matter of fact, we had already ate our food, so what difference did it make? <laughs> we already prayed over it, and all of a sudden it wanted to come out. I'm like, okay, thank you, Lord, for prayer. So the manager come over, and he told us, he said, I'm sorry to hear, you know, about whatever, whatever. And at that point, he said, I'm going to take some off your bill. I'm like, glory, hallelujah. Next thing we know, the waitress come back, and she said, um, you know, thank you for coming, da-da-da-da, and your bill paid in full. Didn't have to pay nothing. And then gave us some to carry out. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that's within me. 
Praise his holy name. I don't have to cook tomorrow. Baby, you got dinner. So what, what am I saying to you? When we're living by faith, we don't cause a scene. We don't make, we just say, God, if you did it then, you already done it now. So I'm just going to give you glory for the here and now. Because the Bible says that he give us each day our daily bread. He give you what you need in that day. Tell me why we always trying to get more and the other days haven't come yet. God, I thank you that what I need in this day, you have already supplied it. You know how much food I need. You know the clothes I need. You know everything about me. So I'm going to glorify you in this. That's living by faith. And then God began to show me that when we live by faith, we talk faith. And we don't change our confession. I'm going to go here. Go with me to Luke 17, verse 11. Luke 17, verse 11. Hallelujah. Listen at what happened here. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. So we see that when you have leprosy, you don't supposed to be around people. This is why the Bible say they stood afar off. Because if they had to come into the camp, they would have been stoned to death. So it said they stood afar off. And it says here, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Now, even though they had a situation going on in their life, they stood afar off and they began to cry out to who? They began to cry out to Jesus. So evidently, these lepers heard about Jesus. They heard about Jesus healing delivering and setting the captives free so what they did they um in spite of what was going on with them they cried out to them him so they heard him so they had faith based on what they heard right so when you hear about the good works that he's doing then you're gonna come in and you're gonna join in to what you heard right so after they heard it they cried unto jesus and check this out this is how you know that their faith is in operation when Jesus told them this, and when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourself unto the priest. Now check this. Understand this. You ain't even going to be in the midst of a priest looking like that. Because <laughs> the priest got to check you to make sure you got leprosy first, right? The priest checked you and he throw you out the camp. Don't come back up in here. Yeah, you got leprosy. It ain't full bloom yet, but you got it. Get out of here. So they, they stood afar off crying unto Jesus saying, Jesus have mercy. And then Jesus, when he looked at them or, or, or saw them, he said, go show yourself unto the priest. Come on, you got to have some faith full of leprosy. And he's going to tell you to go show yourself to the priest and you already know what you got. Come on, natural already know that I'm full of uh, leprosy, Joanne. That, they already know that, right? But he said, go show yourself to, to the priest. So they had to trust Jesus enough to know that they were already healed looking like they were looking. And the Bible say, as they went, they were healed. Do you know what we do when somebody tell you, just go on your way now. Go on your way. Mind your business. It's all right. You sit right there. I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to get some answers up in here. But he said, go your way. And as they went, they were healed. That's faith. See, in the natural, 
you may look a certain way. But if you're going on the supernatural, you're going on about your business because you know you have what the word said that you have. So why are we waiting on something if we know it's already ours? If we know it's already ours, that means we're going to go ahead and go. I'll give you an example because the Holy Spirit is bringing this to me, and it may be for somebody in the room. If someone needs a job and the Holy Spirit is telling you, I want you to get up and I want you to prepare yourself to go to the job. Ain't nobody called me. All them applications I filled out, ain't nobody called me. What I'm getting out of my bed for, I can lay here at 10 or 11 o'clock. Ain't like I got a job because ain't nobody called me in this week. So I'll just lay here. But the ones that be obedient to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit and say, get up, prepare yourself. So you get up and you prepare yourself. And then the Holy Spirit say, just go ahead and fix, fix lunch. Fix some lunch. Okay, you said it. I'm going to do it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to do what you said. So you get up and you fix your lunch. And as you get everything ready and you fix it, then next thing you know, the phone's ringing. Hello? Is this Ms. Bryant? Yes, this is Ms. Bryant. Well, you have filled out an application with us, and I am so sorry for the delay. I should have called you Friday to let you know the job was already yours. But I need to know, can you come in today for orientation? Hallelujah! Yes, I can. I'm already ready. I'm already prepared. Because God, guess what he did? Through the obedience, he changed the heart. See, you got to understand, you living by faith. You ain't going on the natural. You have to go on the supernatural. So what am I saying in this house today? The job is already yours. The job was yours the day that God told you to take the interview and you didn't even want to take it. The job was yours even before the application was filled out. God already showed you that the job was yours. But see, it's something we have to do. God has already loaded us with daily benefits. He's already given us this. But it's something we have to do. We have to put some action behind it. Faith without works is dead. That means if you know that God has already done it, then you're going to have to live like God's already done it and quit waiting on him to do something that he's already done. You have to live by faith. So these lepers, he said, as you go, as you go, and as they went, they were cleansed because they had more trust in him than they had in themselves. So God is telling you today that you got to trust him in order to live by faith. Whatever he say, remember when Jesus turned the water into wine, what's the first thing Mary told them? Whatever he say, do it. They didn't understand. I'm putting water in these water pots. I'm putting water in here. And guess what? They couldn't see nothing with the natural eye. They just dumped the water in. And Jesus said, just pour it out. So what is God saying to you today? No matter how empty you are, when you put the word of God in you and when it's time to pour it out. See, that's when you're speaking forth the word. When it's time for you to speak forth that word, many people are going to be filled. And they're going to say, man, he said, you gave us the best wine. Why did you hold off? He gave them the best wine. So we need to taste and see how good God is. And the more you taste of him and taste of his goodness, the more you want of him. So God said he want us to live by faith and not by sight. 
And whatever his word says, that's what he want us to do. Quit trying to figure it out and know that God has already worked it out. God has already given us everything we need. He has given us his faith to believe his promises outside of what anything may look like. I'm going to give you another example y'all familiar with. How about the lady that only had a little bit of oil? She didn't have much in her house. But what did God tell her to do? What do you have in your house? Sometimes, Apostle, we think we don't have nothing. But I'll give you an example. When me and my husband was um, getting another home, the bank was empty. Y'all know what an empty bank looked like, don't you? Somebody else's money in there, but yours just ain't need nothing there. I mean, just give me... Thank you, Holy Ghost. Well, do not be deceived. Because some of us... Knowing that money that's in that account ain't ours and we won't tell nobody. But in the long run, they're going to get it back. Some of us say it's a blessing. It's a, just a blessing. $5,000 showed up in my account. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Trying to keep that money. Anyway, the money was not there in our account. But I had a word from the Lord. I had a word. God was letting me know that the home was ours. And I didn't, you know fuss about it or anything I just went on what God said and I knew that they needed a certain amount of money within a month and I said God I don't even know where it's coming from but you told me and I'm gonna stand on what you said y'all this is no lie immediately as we begin to trust him and to walk by faith with him that money was there even more than enough God showed us what we had and we didn't even know that we had it so what am I telling you that woman that had the oil in her house he showed her what to do he said I want you to find many vessels I want you to go ask for many vessels as you can come on she ain't had nothing but a little bit of oil why are you asking for all these vessels and you know that one and he's gonna fill up one but through her obedience, he said, I want you to get the vessels and I want you to shut the door. To live by faith, you got to shut everything else off. You got to shut the world out. You got to be able to hear God for yourself. And he said, I want you to pour into these vessels that all. Come on, y'all. Just, she just had a little bit. And she said, give me more vessels. They said, there is no more. The oil stopped. Mm. Think about it. If she had even more vessels, evangelists, the oil will have still been running today. God gave her more than enough, paid her debts, and still has. Y'all, what is wrong with the body of Christ? People paying their tithes, and they still act like they're begging, and say, God, I ain't got nothing to live off of. Yes, you do. It's because God met your need, not your want. See, we got to understand a need from a want. We always think, well, if I pay them tithes, I ain't going to have them a $50 out of my check. God will understand. God give you mercy. New mercies every morning. God ain't going to kill me if I don't give him nothing. But you ain't being obedient. You got to be obedient to his word. And when you're obedient, no matter what happens, God is going to fulfill his word. He said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measures, pressed down, running over. Shall who? Somebody got to give it back to you, right? Somebody got to give it back to you. Some of y'all got more than what you think. You holding back because you don't trust God. How are you living by faith? Now you can ask for this, but don't ask for my money. I give you this, but don't ask for my money now. Uh-uh. But God want all of you. He want everything you have. To know that it belongs to you, him and it's not yours. 
See, that's how we become faithful stewards. God, whatever you require of me, that's what I'm going to do. Because you love me so much that you gave your son. And how much freely would you give me all things through trusting you? Y'all, God has already done it. The, the word, everything that's written is written. It's not going to be changed. So that's why we have to grab hold to it and say, God, I trust your word more than I trust my pocketbook. Because last time I look, is nothing there. But you said that you will supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You said the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But those that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. You said you will not withhold anything from those that walk upright. God, I don't want to be a borrower. I want to be a lender so see this is what we have to remind ourselves of when the funds get kind of low God I was obedient to you I gave you the substance of my first fruit so you said my barn shall be filled with plenty and my vat shall burst forth with new wine that's your promise God and you are God and not man that you shall lie that's living by faith how are we gonna know what God has done if we don't try how can we testify of it if we don't try? I'm going to give you this scripture. The Bible says in the book of James that the demons believe and even tremble. Yo, that's just embarrassing. The demons believe his word so much they're trembling. And we won't even take the word for what it is. Because when God says something, they run it. Because <laughs> they know he meant what he said. Come on, y'all, look at the man with legion. They couldn't even chain him. Couldn't even hold him down. And soon as Jesus come off the boat, soon as Jesus was in his presence, the word, he began to tremble. How about the, he told him to let him go into what? The swine? He told Jesus what to do with him. He was trembling. He was bowing down. Have mercy on me. I know what you come here for. See, they believe the word. And here we are. Not taking the word for what it is. It is time for us to live by faith. And number one, the way you live by faith, you have to separate yourself from around things and from around people that's distracting you, that's stopping you from grabbing hold to what God has for you. You have to separate. Be ye separate. Amen. Then you have to go into the word of God for yourself. And you have to hear it and hear it. Faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. The word that you have heard today, you have to hear it over and over and over and over again until you receive it. And when you're receiving it, it's because you have understanding of it. How many when you're putting something together, you'll try to put it together yourself and you say, this go here, this go here. And then you look and say, that don't look right. So then you take it apart again and all of a sudden the light come on. You're saying, well, let me get this manual out and see what they're saying. And then you go through the manual, you begin to read it and all of a sudden it come together. Then you look at it and say, now I see. Now I see why this have to go there and that have to go there. That's what we need to do with the word of God. We need to meditate on the word. And the more you meditate on the word, the more that word is getting rooted and grounded on the inside of you. And once you begin to decree it, then you know that you already have what you haven't seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So I'm telling you on today healing in this room is already yours how do i know it's already yours because it's his word not mine 
He said that he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. And the chastisement of who, peace? Was upon who? And by his stripes we were. That means it's a done deal. So Jesus already prepared for what was yet to come. Jesus already took our healing. He took our pains. He took our sorrows. Jesus took everything. So when things come at us and we know what he's already done, we say, well, wait a minute. Can't come here. Uh-uh. I've been redeemed. And the Bible said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So when you have the faith of God on the inside of you, faith begin to speak. Now, the last thing is hold fast to the confession of your faith. You got to hold fast. That means you can't let go. You got to hold fast to the confession of your faith. Hebrews 10 tells you to hold fast to the confession of your faith, to what you believe in. You got to hold on to it. You got to keep it secure. That means that you have to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So God is saying, hold fast to the profession, confession of your faith. That's in Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that has promised. That means if you're holding fast, if you're keeping secure, you can't waver. That means you don't go back and forth like a windshield wiper. Remember that he that waves, that wavers, is tossed to and fro on the sea. And don't let that man think that he can receive anything of God. See, when you trust in God, you don't waver. You're holding fast to what you believe, to your confession. I'm telling you, y'all, as believers, we supposed to be, we supposed to be living by faith and that's what God want us to do on today on tomorrow is to live by faith if it don't look right in the natural you can change it through the word of God and you can bring the supernatural in the natural so I speak right now remember whatever you go have going on in your body he's already healed it he's already delivered you from it He's already taken the pain away. So I speak over your bodies right now in the name of Jesus. Remember at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. So today he is Lord over every sickness, over every disease. I command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. I command every tissue, every organ, every cell, every gland, every vital sign, every muscle, every tendon, every bone, every joint to come into alignment with the word of God. Be healed, be made whole right now in Jesus name. And I'm telling you, as I was speaking that word, I could see the tissues I could see the organs I could see it why because when you speak it and when you are hearing it over and over and over again your body is going to react to what that body hears to what you say people bodies are in confusion because one minute you're saying body you're healed the next minute you're saying body oh you're hurting no you're healed no and the body said I'm confused which one do you want me to be so you got to get your body out of confusion first. It's the same thing with your money. Get $500. Hallelujah. 
Jesus, you're smiling, you're thanking God, and you don't even have pain no more. <laughs> the money done cured, cured the pain. Then all of a sudden, when the 500 is gone, oh, you're hurting again. <laughs> That's what happens. Think about it. Money will cure anything. You let a person be laying on their back, and somebody tell them, because they've been scratching off and don't supposed to, and they don't want a million dollars. They're going to jump up and say, oh, I'm healed. Praise you, Jesus. And then once they realize money can't save them, they're right back in the bed. That's why you cannot go back. You can go back to where you were if your heart is not right. We go back to the same pattern. We try to find stuff to bring us happiness. Y'all, I'm telling you, you got so much joy on the inside of you. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. And when you begin to take that word of God for what it is, the joy begin to bubble up through you. So I'm telling you today, everything that you need, you already have it. I speak that every person in this place is debt free. In Jesus' name. I'm speaking it by faith. In the name of Jesus, I'm speaking that you so debt free that you give into the kingdom of God so much that you don't miss not one thing. See, I ain't speaking for you to be debt free just for you to be mall bound all day long. I'm speaking that you're debt free so you can help the kingdom. See, some of us, we want to be debt free, but we ain't thinking about no kingdom. We're selfish. We're thinking about ourselves. That's why we have to go into the word of God to deny ourselves, to crucify the flesh, to say, God, all that I am is because of you. It's not through anything that I have done or will I ever do. So I lay down my life before you. And whatever you give me, it is yours first. It is yours for the taking. And I will give it out as you will have for me to give it out. That's why the Bible said he gives seed to the sower you think he's gonna keep giving you seed and you ain't sowing and this is how faith works when anything is going on around you you may not have the money for what's happening but if your heart is right you believe in God for that money and God put it in your hand that's living by faith don't ever say I don't have because you have more than enough in the kingdom of God. You have more than you can even imagine. That's what living by faith is. In the natural, I don't have it, but I don't go on natural. I go on supernatural and I speak that that's already met. I speak that money cometh to my house. That's what you do. You don't, don't keep saying I don't have. See, you putting yourself in a place that you're not in the kingdom naturally no you don't have it but supernaturally God I have everything to meet every need that's before me and even more because he said I have made all grace abound towards you that you may have all sufficiency and all things to abound to every good work and who are you to determine what a good work is and you ain't even in your word amen meaning it's so but you can't say it is so if you ain't in your word because you're still in yourself Amen. So we got to knock down some of these strongholds and some of these blockers that's keeping us from doing what the word of God tell us to do. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it is time for you to live by faith and not by sight. Come on, give him some glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't God wonderful? Isn't he awesome? Isn't he worthy and worthy?
glory be to God. I want this precious angel to come up here. Yes, 